Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. So listen, man, let's talk about how to get paid in music licensing, right? So um, you got two main ways, right? You got the upfront sync fees, uh, which comes from, you know, okay, say you got a, a, a beat or a song placed in a TV show or a movie. Um, sometimes you'll see an upfront sync fee. That's pretty much the, the fee to sync a, a master recording to picture. Um, so that's the upfront fee. You'll see that. But um, I, the most or at least one of them, I, I feel like the most important part is the back end royalties. Um, so those are performance royalties that you get when something is airing on TV, um, airing on streaming services, even though the streaming services royalties are like pennies. Um, but you can get, you know, if you can get on some shows that replay a lot and just air over and over and over again, those royalties add up. Um, so you get paid royalties for that. But I think a lot of people just skip over the whole step and importance of making sure you can collect those royalties. Um, a lot of people just like, yo, like, how can I get? I don't know. They. It, a lot of people ask questions that are like way past the basics so we got to get back to the basics because if you you talking about you know how to bounce out certain things or uh what kind of contracts to stay away from or which libraries it's like that's cool but none of it matters if you don't get paid if you're not signed up with the right company so if you want to get performance royalties you got to make sure in the u.s that you're signed up with bmi ascap or csac um, they are the ones that collect the performance royalties for you um, so anytime something airs and re-airs a production company will create what's called a cue sheet and that has a list of like all the music that was used in a particular production um, they send those out to BMI, ASCAP, CSAC, and then they go through their thing, their little formulas, and figure out how they want to divvy up royalties for those performances. And then after, I don't know, after like two, three quarters, however long it takes for them to do that, um, they'll distribute those royalties, and then that's when you ultimately get paid. Um, so I always recommend being signed up with one of those before even reaching out to the companies because even though it's something that can that that can get done like once you have an agreement or somebody wants to sign your music it's not a big big deal if you're not um, but it makes the process go a lot faster and then it shows the companies that you're working with that um, you're serious you already got stuff in place and they're not having to like hold your hand and coach you through like you know some of the basics in the in the licensing process um so make sure that stuff is in place and then you can talk about how to start scaling up from there how to you know different strategies on how to find contact information and all that stuff uh you guys you, you want to be prepared uh from the jump so make sure you're registered with ASCAP BMI csac if you're in the u.s obviously if you're in another country it's going to be another society um that collects for you 
do your research on all of them and then you can kind of you know figure out which which direction to go from there uh let's see Randy said you've been thinking about moving south seems all the music opportunities are south man i don't atlanta's dope man it's it's been pretty dope um i mean it's a lot of dope talent here it's a lot of like-minded individuals here it's been dope um since i've been here a lot a lot of movies are shooting here they're getting a nice little tax credit for that um even even on the music side like they're giving tax credits for that too um but yeah, it's it's a dope place to be, and it is a lot warmer in the winter <laughs> the winter months. All right, so for everybody that's just coming in, um, let me know where you're from. Drop a comment. Let me know where you're from. Let me know what you do. And then if you got questions, man, like it's Q and A time. We about to dig into these questions. That's what I'm here for. Uh, see if we can help some people out. Appreciate the the likes, the thumbs up. Uh, you guys are dope. So let's uh, let's see. Let's get into this. Let's get into this first question from Pushing Keys. With all the free content creator libraries, do you think the game is changing? Um, so I guess you're talking about like the 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 libraries that kind of let creators license music for free like on youtube for youtube background music like companies like that um i don't think i don't think it's changing the game because you still have advocates out here to to make sure we get paid and even in those situations i feel like composers are they're getting paid somehow i think they do like some upfront fees or like uh you at least get like a portion of subscription fees or something like that um, so I don't think it's it's necessarily changing the game as far as getting TV placements because at the end of the day, with all the shows and stuff that they're making, like they still need music. So there's still opportunities to get those upfront sync fees, um, still opportunities to get royalties. I feel like the royalty game is kind of shifting because you got all these streaming services. Um, the royalties on streamings or on, on streamings on streams are mad low bro like they're they're pennies um and it's just different but it's just like with everything else that's changed um over time within our industry i feel like eventually it'll catch up and things will kind of shift to where it makes more sense monetarily but um yeah uh, it, it's always it's always gonna be a need So Brandon said, ah, because companies like Premium Beat and Epidemic Sound prefer that you don't belong to a pro. What's that about? Um, right. So I know, I know for sure, Epi Epidemic Sound, you can't be registered with a pro at all. Um, and I think it's because if you're re the point of registering with the pro is to get performance royalties, and I think epidemics model business model is like 100 percent royalty free music 
Um, so if you if you're registered with a uh, you know with a performing rights society, it's because you know you you want your music to to get royalty. So um, I don't really understand why. Because I asked them, I asked them uh, personally, Epidemic, uh, what is it, sound or music or something like that. I asked them, I was just like, okay, so I'm registered with CSAC, right? I was just like, what if I have a catalog of tracks that I don't register with CSAC and just send you guys like a specific bundle of tracks or whatever? And it was like, nah, we still can't do it. Um, so that I don't understand. I don't get it. Because if it's not in the system, if it's not registered there's not like who's tracking it um but i don't know maybe it's so they can keep things cleaner uh but yeah i think it's just it's just a whole royalty free uh model that they have they pay an upfront fee and then that's that's pretty much it um i don't like the idea especially since i work on like both sides of the industry right like i'm working with artists as well as like the tv film stuff it doesn't make sense for me i like i have to be registered with a pro like i'm not about to leave that money on the table just because you know one company doesn't want me to be registered at all so i don't get it man what's up herbie welcome to the stream big time drum from london uk that's what's up man appreciate you coming through James Edwards, Cleveland, Ohio, music producer. That's what's up for everybody that's just now joining. Let me know where you're from. Let me know what you do. It's a Q&A. We talking about music licensing. We talking about how to get paid in music licensing, how, how not to get paid in music licensing. Uh, so yeah, drop your questions. I'm an open book for like the next 45 minutes or so. Immaculate Beats, welcome back, bro, from Arizona. What's up, Sean Du? So Immaculate Beat said, is it best to just register your tracks as you complete them? Um, I don't. Like, if it's for TV and film, honestly, I don't, I don't register anything. Uh, usually, it's the music libraries that registers the tracks for for me did i say music supervisors or music publishers i meant to say publishers or licensing companies not the supervisor um they do it for me so and they'll do it for you most likely just ask them to be sure so everything is is good but they'll do it for you so the reason why i wait is because number one they're gonna do it for you nine times out of ten number two the track may not get accepted so if i submit something to a brief or a pitch or whatever they may not like it they may not accept it so then i just wasted the time registering something that may end up being renamed or retitled somewhere else um that's why i don't do it like as soon as i get done also if i submit a track say it's called winter and they already have a track named winter in their catalog they're going to rename it anyway um so it's pointless and and they track everything by title so um no i don't i don't register it like as soon as i get done i make sure they're gonna actually use it and then i let them handle that from there lr what's good bro 
Yeah, I don't I don't feel the no pro model either. Produced by Pack TV from uh, Miami. What's up, man? Welcome. Currently in the process of moving to Atlanta from Maryland next month. That's what's up, man. Hopefully you have a, a smooth transition. I know what that's like, man. I man, listen. When I moved to Atlanta, I moved to Atlanta from Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Um, I had I sold everything in my apartment except my music equipment um let me see what yeah and my clothes of course my essentials um but yeah man i loaded everything in the back of the car whatever couldn't fit in the car it got left at the dumpster like i was out uh so yeah man it was it was crazy and just i just started fresh completely Produced by Pac said, is it better to find a sync website or send directly to a music supervisor? That's a great question. So there's two answers, right? I guess the first one is technically is better to send to a music supervisor. And this is why. Because a, a music supervisor, that's a, I mean, that's as direct an editor, a music supervisor. That's usually as direct as you can get to someone who's placing your music listening to your music and placing it um if you can develop a relationship with the supervisor that can also generate more work because usually they're working on multiple projects um so you can kind of be a go-to um in in that relationship also a lot of times you can keep both the writer share and the publisher share of royalties if you're working directly with a music supervisor um most cases they don't they don't usually have like a publishing company so you can keep keep all the publishing all the writers share you can get creative and and structure different deals even for other people that's the advantage of working directly with a supervisor is it easy to find a music supervisor and build a relationship with them right away no it's probably the hardest thing to do because they are so busy because they already have established relationships that they just trust and things go smooth. So it takes a little bit more work and effort um, to do that. So the easier way, not necessarily better, not necessarily bad, the easy way is going through like a sync website, a music licensing company, music library. Those are usually the easiest ways to get started in licensing because they already have those relationships established um, with music supervisors so it's just it's just easier to get in that way so hopefully that helps you e6 welcome to the stream does the format really matter uh yo the format is that's man that's that's the gold man the format so we got instrumentals and then we have full songs so instrumentals that's probably where the format matters the most an instrumental that's it it's, it stands by itself usually it's a background cue you got people talking over it 
um, you also have scene transitions with these instrumentals. So the format is super crucial because um, you, you have to, there's just certain formats that work for TV. The reason why these formats work for TV is because there's editors behind the scenes chopping footage, chopping tracks. So if it's easier for them to chop and, and edit and get certain sections of your track that they can just use, they may just use like five seconds of a, you know, of a full track that you sent. Um, it, they have to be able to cut that five seconds and it has to end clean in case they have to transition from one scene to the next. Um, there's no time for long intros. So like how you format your intro is important. Uh, everything moves fast in, in TV. So yeah, the format is is crucial. That's why I, I created a course on it. Cause like, that's how important it is. Like how to structure instrumentals for TV and film. Super duper important. Cause I definitely recommend, you know, learning that. Um, and it's not, it's not just like one singular, like this is the only, it's, it's different variations of it, but it's certain elements that you, you have to have in every track. LR said, working my guy. Man, that's what's up, man. I, I see the placements coming in. You killing it, man. Curtis, Clint, Clint, what's good, my guy? What's good, Curtis? Welcome to the room. For everybody that's just joining in, Welcome to the stream. I keep saying room. Like, I've been on Clubhouse, like, too much. <laughs> I keep saying room. This is YouTube. Uh, if you're just joining, make sure you leave a, a comment. Drop your name. Uh, where you from? You don't have to drop your name, like your government name, so people don't stalk you. But um, just let me know where you're from, what you do. All right. We got some, uh, we got some good questions coming in. Let's scroll through these joints. Shondu said, do you spend the money to submit? Uh, nah, man, like very rarely, right? So um, like the websites and stuff, I, I, don't, I stopped spending money on those. I did, I've done a few. And it's if I feel like the company's real reputable and you know, I can I can do some good work with them. Um, but nah, I don't, I don't, cause there's too many companies out here that just accept your music for free. You can submit for free. Now, I will pay for a good event, like from NARIP, N-A-R-I-P. I'll pay for, and I've, I've had, I, I have paid for some, some events that I feel like um, are really, really small, a close-knit environment, and I can get direct with someone that I want to build a relationship with. I'll pay for those sometimes. Um, Cause you know, there's just sometimes, I mean, to get in a room with certain people, um, you gonna you have to make that investment, um, and it, it paid off for me personally. So that's usually how I approach it. What's up, feisty heisty? Thank you for coming through. Was it, uh, is it Crow? C-R-H-O music? Forgive me if I said that wrong. 
But uh, how many completed tracks should I have before I shop to music libraries? Um, I always say a solid five, man. Solid five is good uh, to start submitting. Obviously, if you have, even if you have a bigger library of tracks, um, you still you're still only going to start out by submitting a few, right? You don't want to bombard them with 20 tracks. Um, so create like five of your best. And then from there, once you determine what that library needs and, um, you know, the style, the direction that they want, then you just create more after that. And then you'll have more direction instead of just sitting here like, yo, like I need to create a hundred fire tracks and you don't even know what kind of tracks these people need right so then you could be wasting time creating something that nobody needs um so start with five of your best whatever genre you feel like you do the best and then start reaching out pitching that joint and um start getting some some licensing deals Gordon Hits, what's good, bro? Um, question is, what's the simplest way to draw up a sync contract as an indie artist? Uh, get up, uh, ended, uh, wow. An in, I can't talk. An entertainment attorney. That's 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 gonna be the best way. I never, I wouldn't, I would never recommend typing up like your own contract. You don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. At least get an attorney to create one that maybe you can edit certain things certain terms have them break down each each joint um it's it's worth it just invest invest in in getting um an attorney to type it up and it shouldn't usually they, they don't charge too much to um you know to get something like that prepared for you <clears throat> It's Miss Fee dropping in from El Paso, Texas. That's what's up. Appreciate you coming through. ESB Music was good. Is your program still available? Yeah, yeah. The music, uh, music licensing course. If you guys want the free guide, six-step guide. That's the link. After you put in your email, um, you'll also have the opportunity if you want to grab like my blueprint, everything I did to start getting uh, TV placements, my first 10 TV placements. Everything I did is in that uh, that bundle, the road to 10 placements. Um, yeah, so like pretty much when I started, man, I just I wrote down everything I was doing, and then I did it, and then I was just like, it's other people who want to do it, so. I'm going to give them these gems so they can do it too. So yeah, make sure y'all grab that. Anthony Howard was good. Appreciate it, man. Bookie the producer, welcome man. Appreciate you checking out the, the stream. Mm -hmm. 
Bo Tribe, what seems to be more active for placements? TV, movies, ad, man, all of it, bro. Like, like everything. Like, you got ads. Like, sit down and watch TV, right? If you sit down and watch TV, you you got shows to watch. In between those shows, you got all the ads that's playing. And then occasionally you want to sit down and you want to watch a movie. Like, it's a new movie coming out. Um original content netflix netflix hbo max amazon prime all of these man it's it's so it's just so much it's too much it's overwhelming but yeah man like everything is active like i don't think there's one that's more active it's all about what you want to be more active in right do you want to focus more on commercials do you want to focus more on tv shows do you want to focus more on movies you want to focus more on uh movie trailers like that's a whole lane in itself just trailers you know there's people who just that's all they do you want to focus on video games you want to focus on elevator music music that's playing in the background of restaurants um music corporate corporate music is a is a lane uh where people just create music for like those infomercials that's that's playing three o'clock in the morning like there's literally libraries who specialize and infomercial music like it's insane like i didn't even know it was a thing until a few years ago i was like yo like people literally look for infomercial music it's crazy shout out to everybody that's coming in the room i'm my mind is still blown from the infomercial music. i didn't know that was a thing it's crazy uh but let me know where you guys are from drop your questions it's a live q a i'm on here for another 30 minutes um, just giving you guys some gems, giving you guys some direction, and uh, just talking about music licensing, man. Even if it's not licensing, just let me know. I'll answer it. But appreciate you coming through, bro, uh, Bo Tribe. Brian Rogers, thank you for making it, man. I'm glad you made it. ESB, it's a good question. What's a good price range to go about once your music is pitched? Um, it varies, right? Situation to situation. A lot of times, like I know for in, like background stuff for TV, it's um, a lot of times there's not a lot of room for negotiation. You just get back in royalties. A lot of times you don't even get an upfront fee um, for stuff like that. Commercials, usually there's a, a budget um established um sync fees sometimes there's you know there's negotiation room it just depends on terms or whatever if anything changes you know through the process of placing the track and getting everything together sometimes you can negotiate more but it's literally it's zero to excuse me to like whatever um it's it's like it's no range man so it depends on what the budget is what they have to offer um and yeah that i mean that's pretty much it it's kind of a, a sucky answer but that's it's just you, you never know i will say usually the commercials like for commercials the budgets are like way bigger DJ Lana. I am in Atlanta.
Kentucky's in the house. That's what's up. Shout out to everybody in Kentucky. What's your take on using sound effects in your production box risers? Air beats with effects more for TV than I do in movies. That's a that's a good observation, man. Um, I never really thought about it, but now that you say that, it, it does seem like you hear more of that on TV versus movies. Uh, Cause I think movies, there's kind of more of a scoring element to it and uh, less subtle sometimes. Um, but yeah, I use I use risers, vocal chops. And, and TV cues all the time. I'm, I usually always use some type of riser, some swells, um, different things to just add those transitional elements for each section. I think it, uh, I think it, I think it adds to the, the production value and just keeps things interesting. You know what I mean? What's up, dedicated one from Jersey? Hi said is GarageBand for iOS a good platform for learning how to put music on record? Uh, I've been messing a lot with it lately. I don't own any professional equipment or a computer, uh, so I feel like it's great. Absolutely, like whatever you have that you can start messing and producing music on, like that's that's where it's at. You know what I mean? So yeah, GarageBand. I started well. When I first, first started, for real, for real, I was on PlayStation Music Generator. Um, that's really old for those who know about that. But I would play around with that and then like record the beat that I made from the PlayStation onto a cassette tape. And it was it was so ghetto. Um, so I started with that and then I moved up to this $10 software. It, was, it wasn't even a full joint. It was like a demo joint from Best Buy. And then from there, I got an iBook in 2005. And then I, that's when I got hit to GarageBand for the first time. And I used GarageBand for a long time. Like, um, shoot, I used GarageBand for like most of my college years. And then I found out about, you know, I started using Pro Tools and stuff and then Reason and then found out about logic got hooked on logic and i've been using logic ever since but uh, garage band is kind of like a now it's kind of like a water a super watered down not super it's just like a watered down not yeah watered down version of logic pretty much they're similar so if you start in logic great place to, i mean starting garage band that's a great place to start and then as you get better and you'll, you'll start to have a need for more features and, and more things that you want to do. Once you start feeling limited with GarageBand, then that's when it's time to step it up and um, check out some other DAWs. But yeah, man, like start with what with what you have. Like as long as you starting, uh, you making you making progress. So, yeah. What's up, Eugene? I'm glad, man. Glad you're learning a lot from these from these Q and A sessions. That's why I do them to help you guys. Um, you know what I mean? I get a lot of a lot of the same questions. I was like, "Yo, let's just get everybody in one joint and just answer these joints." 
Bup Bup, what's up? That rhymes. I got bars. Got bars today. It's Wednesday. Uh, he said, I want to know if I should if I should create a website so music supervisors can listen to my music or it's not really necessary. It's not super necessary, honestly. Um, it's just more work that you kind of create for yourself. But honestly, man, they always ask for like a streaming link anyway. So you can use box.com for free and just upload in a folder, label the folder, put your contact information on a, you know, a document put the tracks in there they can stream it from box or they can download it if they want to like audition it to picture or something they may be in the middle of a project so having that option to download is super dope um but yeah man start out with something like that you don't gotta go and build an extravagant site and go through all of that man not at all uh honestly till this day like i have a link of music that that's on my site but i never use that link um in fact i took that page down because it's pointless like i've never used that link um when submitting music to you know companies or whatever so yep just find a, a good a good service and um and roll with it shout out to cleveland michael edwin what's good yo i'm gonna point you to this this free directory this is gonna this pretty much answers that question and more gives you the process how to get started how to submit um so download that offer.clintproductions.com grab that joint and uh yeah it'll it'll answer all of that <clears throat> brandon said where do you get inspiration for the types of vibes you create or is it just you doing you and whatever happens happens um so now like most times my direction is coming from requests and briefs that i get from different publishers so um i don't really have to think too too hard like i'm still doing me when i do the tracks that they need um but that gives me like the vibe because they're they're really specific on what they want a lot of times they'll give you examples um so i just go off of that um and then just kind of create my interpretation of the vibe that they want to create which i think is dope that way too because it's like i don't I, I don't like get beat blocks or anything like that because i'm constantly being sent something that i don't even know if it's like inspiration for real but it's it's direction so it's just like okay this is what you need i can create something like that and then i just i just roll with it it honestly makes it easier for me what's up devin armstrong checking in from atl that's what's up How do you know when your music is good and you get mixed reviews? Um, man, dude, like that's a good question. Sometimes, sometimes you don't know until you get it out there and and start submitting it. Um, because you'll never know if it's good enough for what they're looking for. You just you have to make it and you have to put it out there. You have to submit it um, so that you can get that feedback. Then once you start getting the feedback, he's like, okay. 
now I know what I need to improve on. Um, sometimes it's not even that your music is bad. Sometimes it's just not what they need at, at the time. Um, so you can have a great track, um, but you may just have to submit it to some different places, some different places until, you know, it meets the need of, of whoever you're submitting it to. Um, so I guess the answer is you don't really know sometimes um until you do it so many times to where it's like okay you know when something's solid you know when something something can work um so yeah it, but if if you're just starting out that is tough um but the the only way you're gonna find out is is by putting it out there and then just take whatever feedback comes back if you got more people saying your stuff is dope than than people who are saying it's not nine times out of ten you're on the right track if it's the opposite then you need to you just need to go back to the drawing board and then just start tweaking what uh you know the from the feedback that you're getting uh, do you have a format of what you know gets placed absolutely so um so i created a course how to format your instrumentals for tv and film and what that is the format that i copy and paste like in everything that i do every instrumental that i do it has the exact same format um and this this is the thing like once you i, I don't everybody's at different places right so once you start getting placements or once you get the first placement go back to that first placement and listen to it and like break that joint down like okay what made this work and then just replicate that um do more of what got placed do more of what keeps getting placed um and that's what i did so i was just like there were certain things that i had in certain tracks that were getting placed and i just took a step back and was just like okay what what does all of these what do all of these tracks have in common and then i took those things and then pretty much just made that like this is just gonna be you know my format sometimes i'll switch it up here and there um but yeah that's a that's a good way to kind of get almost like a template um for yourself of of what works and i'll um i'll leave a link to like these courses that i'm talking about you guys are like where are these courses that this dude is talking about I'll leave a link once this video is posted. I'll put it in the description um, so you guys can check them out. What's up, Audio Ron? New York, New York. That's what's up. DJ Naf, what's up? Shout out to everybody that's coming in. Let me know where you're from. Let me know what you do. Shout out to Roger in Mississippi. That's what's up. Shout out to Spence in Germany. That's what's up. How's the weather in Germany? I just feel like Germany is just cold. Like, am I wrong? Like, let me know what the weather's like in Germany. If it changes, because I'm completely ignorant to it. I'm curious. Eugene, what's good? From Richmond, producer and a writer. Just getting in, checking you out. Been checking you out through email. That's what's up, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody that takes the time to open up one of my emails. Like, literally, that means a lot. Because everybody don't do it. So I appreciate that, man. 
Uh, DJ Lana said, how important is, is it to know how to mix your beats before submitting? It's a great question. So <clears throat> it's not like, it's not like make or break, right? You want your tracks to be mixed before submitting. Um, whether you know how to do it doesn't necessarily, um, it's not a bad thing if you don't just know somebody who does so you can get it mixed and mastered. But if you do know how to mix and master, I'm gonna let y'all know, like from jump, my personal experience, it will help increase your placement and your, your placement opportunities. It'll help increase uh, your, your relationships because TV and film, man, deadlines are crazy sometimes, like same day. So if you don't know how to mix and master, right? You got a you got a brief that just came in. It was like, yo, we want this joint today. You got two hours to work on it. If you gotta send it to your to your guy to mix and master it, and you don't know what his schedule look like, he may be swamped. He may be in I don't know in Mexico somewhere chilling it up, and you can't get it back in time. You missed out on that opportunity. But if you know how to mix, you know how to master. Um, you can knock it out, do your production thing, mix and master it, send it out, and then it's done. And then on the flip side, like they may come back and be like, yo, we need these quick edits. Um, they want to use it. Can you give us these stems? Can you give us this edit? Can you switch out this sound? You can do it and still have, you know, all the sessions, everything mixed, bounce those stems out super quick, get it back. And they like, yo, like this dude ain't playing. Like he, his turnaround is crazy. And that'll help you, you know what I'm saying? Cause they gonna keep coming back to you if they know you gonna meet those deadlines like over and over and over again. So it works to your advantage. Um, if you can learn, I definitely recommend learning. I have a mixing course too, Urban Mixing Made Simple. Um, you see the video screen, everything. Again, I'm gonna just leave the link to all these joints in the description. But yeah, man, I definitely recommend it. Like it's been, it's been huge for me. And then on top of that, you can monetize it. Like you can use that as a service now. Like as a producer, we trying to get multiple streams of income, right? So if you learn how to mix and get legit with it, other people will pay you to mix their songs, mix their records, mix their beats that they trying to send out for TV and film. So you just add more value to yourself if you learn how to do it. <clears throat> Appreciate you, Gerald. Brian Rogers said, any tips on time management? Yes. Um, come up with come up with a, a, a system a, a, a schedule um, and stick with it so <clears throat> like my schedule is Monday Monday and when Monday through Wednesdays I'm working on like all production stuff for like for TV and film maybe some artist stuff if I got some of that going on and um, yeah it's just focused on production from uh, from like from 730 in the morning um, all the way to when my son wakes up from a nap, which which is usually like 3.30 or something like that. Um, so it's just all production. Then Thursday is, uh, what is Thursday? I switched Thursday to something. Thursday, I just switched it. Now I'm confused, but it's content or is it my admin day? 
it's my it's my content creation day i switched thursday and friday because it was like it was weird with other stuff i got going on so thursday i just focus on creating content i'm creating youtube videos i'm creating content for instagram um post for the next week um taking pictures doing product reviews like whatever i have going on i'm creating it because once i'm in that mode i can get more done like since i got my camera set up i might as well knock out three four videos right so that helps me save time because i'm doing the same thing um and, and just grouping the same kind of activities together and then friday is kind of like my admin day where i'm catching up on certain business stuff accounting stuff um getting ready for the next week um so yeah that's how i do it i just do the same kind of task together group them together um and then that that kind of helps and then i just set designated times for certain things and that usually that helps me so hopefully that helps you DJ Nav, do you put a cap on revision? Say if it's a, a smaller budget. I put a cap on all of my mixing revisions. So you get you get two free ones, and then after that, there's a fee per revision. Because in the past, um, people will have a lot of revisions, and that joint gets time consuming. And sometimes, man, I don't know. Like I feel like as creative people man we get so many ideas bro like people be man they be getting imaginative like on your time though like so you you gotta figure out a way to cut those revisions down and a price is the best way to do it man they people man they get real decisive when you put an extra fee on that joint so yes there is a cap on revisions Gabrielle from Flint was good. <clears throat> Q Clark, that's what's up. Will this be recorded? Uh, here, let's just put this up. Will it be something I can watch later? Currently at work now. Yes, it will be recorded. So you can come back, grab the gems after work and, um, and apply them. So yeah, this will be recorded. It's gonna be up on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm not sure if they put it up immediately or if it takes some time to process, but it'll definitely be up here so you can come back and rewatch it. Thank you for coming through, man. I appreciate that, you know, even even while you're at work. That's dedication. All right, let me uh let's scroll through some of these shout out to everybody coming through if you're just now joining uh just be sure to let me know where you're from and what you do and i'm just going through questions man we're gonna answer questions i got about 10 15 more minutes <laughs> lw said clint is a 419 legend yo i appreciate that for those who don't know what 419 is it's toledo i'm from toledo ohio uh born and raised so that's where I'm from, man. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, man. <clears throat> I 
Gabrielle said, I'm a recent recent graduate of Berkeley College of Music. Congrats on that. Uh, I just finished an internship, but thinking about doing licensing full time. Any advice? Uh, shoot, go for it, right? Um, figure out exactly which which direction you want to take in regards to music licensing and um and go for it and just shoot just grind like music licensing is it's uh i guess be pre be prepared to put in some work because it takes a while for things to kind of add up right uh, especially on the royalty side but depending on which route you take like commercials commercials have like crazy budgets um so things can add up it just depends on how things work out for you and um yeah but i say go for it get started now don't wait uh do whatever you got to do during the day take care of your bills do your music um when you can and then just keep building that joint up to the music is just passing what you're doing um or at least super close to what you're doing on the day job and then um just make sure you set up man and just take that leap get it get it in shout out to everybody at berkeley man i when i was in college i didn't know anything about berkeley until i was in college i was like yo like i would have applied to go there Spence Logic Gang, yes. Team Logic. Audio Ron, I got a video on Taxi here on the channel. Um, check that out. I talk about it because a lot of people ask me what I think about Taxi. Um, but yeah, go check check the video and I, I talk about it uh, for a little bit. All right, let me uh, let me scroll to some of the recent ones. I think I got behind and talk and yapping at the mouth. <clears throat> this is a good question right here. Shout out to uh, to Cal's email. Is that is it, did I say it right? Like somebody like some of the names when they're together, I could be saying Cal's email and it could be Cal'samel. Like I don't know, it could be something totally different. Um, but he said when mixing for TV and film, what frequency range should you cut down for dialogue? That's a, that's a good question because at the end of the day, it's about the dialogue, right? It's about the people who's talking on TV. Um, there's no specific frequency I kind of cut down in my track. I just produce my track like I would if uh, if an artist was was singing over it or whatever. But I do stay away from like those piercing frequencies like or those simps that are so high and squeechy. That's not a word, but that's the best way to describe it. But like, you know, just those ear piercing way high frequencies like I stay away from those, man. Like if it makes you do this and make this face, it's probably probably needs to be cut out or just taken out altogether. Um, so yeah, if it hurts your ears and it sounds distracting, I would just stay away from it. And usually they'll let you know, like I've, I've had a publisher, they hit me back. There's like, yo, this one sound, I need you to take it out, change it or something. And then you just go back and change it. So don't, don't be afraid guys to, uh, <clears throat> don't be afraid, like to send the tracks out 
even if you're not a hundred percent sure like send them out and get that feedback and see what people um see what people think because they may rock with it and then um you're good you, you just you'll never know until you until you do it What's up? Uh, is it McClure MX? Clever? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try it. I'm not gonna butcher y'all names today. Forgive me. Uh, but he said I have <laughs> have libraries asking for music, but I'm having trouble staying productive, sticking to a, a schedule, especially with a full time job. Any suggestions? Um, yes, that it's tough, man. I've been there. Um, <clears throat> so what time? What time do you have? <clears throat> you know once you once you come home from work whatever time you have um i guess analyze it like i don't know your situation if you have a family um or pets to take care of, like whatever whatever time that you have um i don't know how much tv you watch if you if you're a gamer like whatever see where you can cut some time out from some other things and then just focus on music so for example when I was working my nine to five, I would come home from work, eat dinner, catch up with the wife. And then, uh, well, before we had our kid, I would, let me see, she would, she would go to sleep like nine. So then from like nine, nine thirty till shoot, like two in the morning, I would stay up to like one, two in the morning. And then that was, that was my time to work on music. And then I'd get up um you know get up around eight o'clock get ready for work or whatever um so that was my schedule um and i just stuck with that i knew from nine or nine thirty or ten to two that was just my chunk of time where i'm working on music um get a get a white a little whiteboard or something put on a calendar what you're working on each day if you're trying to uh if you're trying to get into tv and film you know make a goal you want to knock out five tracks this week and then just work towards that and just hit that goal like every week if it's five tracks if it's two tracks like whatever just make sure you're making progress and then just write it out so you can see it and, and you can visualize it that way you stay on track you can hold yourself accountable and then you could um you can actually see like what you're getting done check it off your list and um and then keep it moving like that And, and then, man, I had to turn the phone off, too. Like, sometimes I just got to disconnect, man, because that that's a, that was a huge distraction for me. Turn the phone off, and you'd be surprised how productive you get. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.